Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 45 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you and your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about new beginnings. We're very excited to bring you this special training followed by a Q&A session where we will be answering your questions. First off, we have Mr. Rob Rowe with us. Rob is one of the facilitators in the basic division and the men's leadership class. He has been involved with PSI seminars for over 22 years. He is an avid reader, loves to golf, and is involved in a number of charities. Rob, are you with us? I am here, Kat. Welcome. Welcome. Good evening, everybody. I'm up on the ranch in Northern California, and we're in the middle of an MLS class, and the weather is improving daily. We have a lot of sun today, which is really nice. And, uh, and so, ready to head into the podcast. Awesome. So, why don't you start off with what exactly do we mean by new beginning? Now, I'm thinking about a working with new beginning. It always says that there must have been a beginning before this beginning. Hence, this is the newer beginning of the beginnings. And so that means you started off something at some point in your life, and now it's time to bring in a new. Like some of you made some resolutions in the beginning of the year. Others of you may have set up your first quarter goals, or you may have set up your whole year goals. I know my wife, Maria, and I, we do our yearly goals. And so... You're running into some pitfalls. You're running into some lack of uh, energy. Uh, there's a seemed like a great idea at the time. Feelings possibly you got back into your life and you feel a bit overwhelmed. Things have taken a different twist that you didn't expect. New situations arose, or you just find yourself extremely busy. And even though you thought your goal or your idea or what you wanted to do was fantastic. Back in January, now coming into March, you're going, hmm, I've noticed I have not done much on this particular goal, or I notice I've not done much on this particular situation. So you're falling into a reassessment and now trying to figure out how to renew that energy, how to get things going again, um, and how to do it in a way that um, will make up the too much you've already lost sometimes. And sometimes that's really important. The um, when they were mapping the world, the interesting point I was reading up about it once in cartography situation was that the cardiographers, uh, they had the hugest difficulty of creating maps because they were truly unwilling to get themselves out of the way. In other words, they operated as if they already knew. And so with the new information that was coming in for them, they weren't able to actually use it to actually create the maps. And so they took a lot of time fumbling around and bumbling around because at some level in their mind, they thought they knew what was supposed to go on. I think that's true for us when it comes to goals. We set out goals. We have this great idea. And then all of a sudden we start hitting these pitfalls called life, kids, work, busyness. And these pitfalls seem to frustrate us or stop us or get in our way of actually creating what it is we say we want to create. And so one of the first things we got to do is we got to take on this idea the cartographers had to do, and that is, these things aren't necessarily pitfalls. It's an opportunity to look at the situation in a completely different light. At the time you made the goal, you had no idea what the goal entailed. You knew you particularly wanted to do something. And that something that you wanted to do, you had a pretty good idea on how it was supposed to come about. This A was supposed to happen, then B was supposed to happen, then C was supposed to happen, and, and it was supposed to move on down the line. And you were supposed to see this much growth and this much time, and you had all these ideas that were supposed to happen. And so instead of being pitfalls for you, they're opportunities to show you life does not always turn out the way you think it's supposed to be. And as a matter of fact, to achieve any goal, you must think in a completely different way and become a different person to achieve the goal that you want to achieve. And part of the start of that is to realize you don't really know. You don't have it down. You weren't really, 
you don't know. It's the best I could say. When I ever run into it, somehow I think that, no, it's supposed to be this way. It's supposed to be this way. And it's not that way. My resistance isn't so much about the way it's supposed to be. It's the way I think it's supposed to be. So these pitfalls that you're running into now, this lack of energy, this busyness, this lack of clarity is all being brought up because it's bringing a new awareness to you. These are opportunities for you to begin to look at your life differently, look at the world differently, not become frustrated about them. Becoming frustrated about them, which basically frustration um, destroys your excitement, destroys your energies around it, and then it makes you put your mind off of it and pushes the goal back to the back of your mind. These pitfalls are actually bringing this goal to the forefront of your mind. It's bringing to mind that you've got to start thinking differently about what's happening around you. Because to see, the truth about a goal is a goal is not meant to get something. It's not meant to get the new Lamborghini, buy the new house, have the vacation, go on the dream trip, have the relationship that's going to solve all things. The purpose of a goal is to stretch you as a human being. That's why you make goals. Goals are practical ways that we lay out that we now must think differently. We must become different. And we must do different in our life. That's what goals are for, not the getting of things. And so in the process, you must actually experience these roadblocks or these pitfalls, as I call them, because you must become different to overcome those goals, to overcome those roadblocks or those pitfalls. See, our goals stem out of our desire to change or grow as a human being. When we decide to change or grow, we don't really actually know what's stopping us a lot of times. Inside seminars, we bring up this idea called programs. And programs are habits of thought that we get ourselves into. And we find ourselves doing things. We created these programs so we could do things faster. Oftentimes, the illustration of a car is used. If you bring to mind when you first start learning how to drive a car, things like the 10 and 2 of your hands was important. Uh, the mythology that you've heard one time, but there were things. There was a thing called a blinker that was very important, whether you use it now or not. And you thought a lot about actually driving the car, but literally over a period of time, period of years, driving a car has become a habit. You put little to no thought into it at all. You just drive the car. As a matter of fact, sometimes you end up at your house and you look at the garage door and you ask yourself, "How did I get here?" I'm not, I was supposed to go by the store first, or I was supposed to go pick somebody up. But all of a sudden, you find yourself parked in your driveway because this program that you called driving a car has put itself into place so you can do other things while driving the car. So the program had a purpose. It serves some point inside of you, and that's why you put it together. And so... This program is part of what needs to be overcome. This, is what part, this program is part of what needs to be educated, as I always say when I'm in the basic. It needs to be educated because the program that you're using right now to create the things that you have in your life can only get you so far. It gets you to what you have in your life. Um, for instance, myself in the last probably five years, uh, one of my issues was always around money. I grew up rather poor. We had a, lot of, we had a huge scarcity mindset. And one of the biggest steps I've made in the Sci Seminars uh, program, being a part of this work for so long, is that I have moved from a scarcity mindset truly into an, a mindset of there's, there's more than enough. A mindset that I can have what I want. A mindset I don't have to wait for something to happen before I can get it. And so this movement now makes me think completely different. In this last year, I ended up purchasing a house in literally 30 to 40 days. Um, purchasing meaning making the decision to buy a house, finding the house, purchasing the house, and then moving in the house literally within a 40-day period. I grew up in a trailer park. I lived in a trailer for many years of my life. Owning a house, especially a house of this quality, was never coming across my mindset at the time. And so I had to actually expand the way I saw myself, expand the way I used my finances, expand the way I dealt with people, networking with others, asking questions, getting involved, operating from a completely different place than I was used to. And so this expansion or this growth or this change made the programs inside of me 
re-educate themselves, recalibrate themselves so I could actually see myself in a short period of time because of my job schedule. I didn't have a lot of time at the time to end up buying a house. Then what happens is that we're not only working through programs, but if you've made yourself to the life success course, you've uh, come encountered with a thing called attachments. Now, a program is a habit of thought that we use. An attachment is like a conglomeration of programs around a belief system. It's a big word to say we got a lot of programs around this belief about the world, this belief about reality, this belief about people, or this belief about ourselves. Attachments are huge. And to break through attachment, you first have to acknowledge that there's some sort of attachment present. And so what happened was part of my attachment or part of my belief system said, okay, I can buy, I can own a house. We can have a house. Everyone has a house, or at least most everybody has a house. Um, and that was fine and dandy. Then came the end of the year. And then my wife told me that we actually bought another house in Brazil. Well, I really wasn't ready for that little system, but that's what happened. And so I had to expand even more in that reality to come from a place of, I can have two properties, one in Brazil and one in America. And that was a, that was a thought process that had to blow up a lot, a lot of my attachments around staying safe, staying in control, staying comfortable. And so it blew a lot of, that, a lot of those systems up. And I'm thinking in much different ways than I had before. See, the truth about the transformation and growth industry is that we say we all want to transform, we all want to grow, we all want to have more until or unless it gets uncomfortable. There's an exercise in the basic that some of you remember called the nine dots. And the nine dots comes from the premise simply that we all live in a box. Everybody has one. Bill Gates has one. You have one. I have one. Everyone on the planet has one. For some reason, we like that form of containment. But to create what we say we want in our life or to get the things that we need to have in our life, we must risk breaking out of the box. What will happen simply is we will merely create a bigger box. And growth or transformation, transformation happens truly when you break through the reclines of the box or the, or the, or the outskirts of the box and you break into new territory. You break into places that are very uncomfortable. Uh, you break into places where you don't have the answers. And the reality is a lot of times you don't have the answers. And then what stretches your mind, what transforms your mind, is that you will creatively come up with answers. And that answers that will work with the new reality, therefore, you'll end up creating yet another box. One of the tools that we use to deal with that, and the basic, is that there was a time where we look at an event takes place in our life and the event has no meaning to it. It doesn't mean anything. It's just an event. It could be like I use an example of me dropping a, a marker over and over and over again. All it means is I drop the marker. Well, you might attach a meaning to that after I drop that marker five or six times and go, this guy's clumsy or this guy's old or this guy's whatever, but that meaning that you're attaching to it doesn't make it mean anything. It's just meaning I'm dropping a marker. And so we attach meaning to events that take place in our world. And those meanings that we attach to that, they will have a control over how we operate in our world. And so one of the things that we got to do is notice what's the meaning that I've attached to owning a home? What's the meaning I've attached to owning a car? What's the meaning I've attached to owning a business? What's the meaning I've attached to working from my home? What's the meaning I've attached to being a woman who has children? What's the meaning I've attached to being a man who has children? In other words, what are the rules that I have made up that are extremely important that must be maintained? Those rules must be educated, they must be blown through, and new rules must be made for transformation to take place. And so goals, the truth about goals is that it's entering you into an experience from what you do know into what you don't know. Because it's only when you come from the place of don't know, you'll actually be in the present or be in your now. And then from that place, you'll create something new, you'll create something bigger, or you'll create something better. And so we all like the idea of making the goal, oh, I'm going to have a car, or I'm going to have a new home, or I'm going to own a ranch, or I'm going to start a business. We love that idea. What scares us the most is breaking out of the box, taking the risk to become uncomfortable, stepping into a realm that we don't know, 
because now we're dealing with attachment fears of I'm not enough, I don't belong, I'm unworthy to have what I want. Those are not truths. Those are meanings that we attach to some event that happens sometime in our life, and that meaning must be educated. It must be eradicated many times, and it must be redefined. Because you can believe a truth that you are unworthy, or you can believe in the truth that you are worthy. Bottom line, which one's more fun? And it truly is that simple. We attach, like I say, a lot of information or meaning to something. And realistically, to bust through it, got to bust through that old box of meanings, that old box of rules. And the only way out of that old box of rules and meanings is you got to let yourself get uncomfortable. Got to let yourself operate from the place of I don't know and come from a place of new. This is something new, and I'm going to begin again. It's like Lao Tse once said, new beginnings are often disguised in painful endings. And the painful ending is that box has got to go so you can create a new box. I love that analogy. You know, that's one of the greatest values that I created for myself out of doing the PSI seminars classes was getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I use that over and over and it's made all the difference. And as you use it more and more, isn't that weird? It gets a little more, it gets a little more comfortable and then you got to be uncomfortable with even more uncomfortable. It's a very unusual process. Your tolerance of levels of discomfort expands, which means you can go after bigger things. Yeah. Now suddenly what seemed impossible in your head five months ago, you're looking at it going, really? This is bothering me? (laughs) I told the MLS class, listen, you're coming in on a week where we have a time change. We're going to have a full moon. We got a Friday the 13th and Mercury's still in retrograde. So we got some stuff going on this week, people. We got some things to break through. It's going to be a good class. Yes, we are. So, you know, I'm in, I'm an artist, I'm a painter. And as I was listening to you talk about programs and attachments and realm of meaning, one of the things that happens for me is I'll get so far in a painting and I'll be very proud of myself because I like what's happening on there. And then all of a sudden I get attached to it. And then I'm afraid mm. for that next portion that I'm not going to be enough, that the vision I have for how I want this to turn out, I'm not going to have the skill I need. And so it's almost like it it goes through these phases where it is a new beginning over and over, and I have to get courageous against all of those programs about not being enough and just dive right in, and then it hits that same cycle again. That's definitely how it works. With that cycle that happens, what are some different tools or ways that people can navigate themselves through that process to make it quicker and to get results faster in their lives? To start that out, I had written, I was reading about, you know, when I was preparing for this podcast and I came across this quote that I thought was really interesting because I think it truly fits. It's a terrible thing, I think, in life to wait until you're ready. I have this feeling now that actually no one is ever ready to do anything. There's almost no such thing as ready. There's only the now. This guy named Hugh Laurie said that. And I want to say that to start off when it comes to some tools that we can use is that you got to first get rid of the myth of doing it perfectly. Using your illustration, you loved what you did. And sometimes we put the word that was perfect on it. And we fear that we can't replicate what we just did, or we fear we can't replicate what others have done, or we're afraid of being perfect. Over and over in classes, I see it. Once I'm ready, once I make enough money, once I get myself into the proper position, once this begins to happen, I wasn't ready to buy a second home. I don't think my wife was ready to buy a second home. We were just in that place of selling the first home and feeling pretty comfortable. And so if we had waited to be ready, to be ready, to be ready, I mean, we have been waiting to buy that home in Brazil for years. And so it, she got out there and she did that promotory thing. And before I know it, she came back and said, hey, we own another home. So there's not a perfect time. There's not a perfect way. There's not a perfect situation. There's only getting yourself prepared to when those situations arrive, you can better navigate them. So I got some things that I use personally. And um, one of the ways is first... I get some support around me. The truth is, is that we never get any bigger than our five closest friends. So you got to start looking at who are you surrounding yourself with. Being up here on the ranch, I work with these producers, with Mr. O'Kelly, and I'm with people who think at a much higher and different level than people that I'm around with in my normal day. 
And they do simple things. It's like Mr. Campbell's name's Jimmy Campbell. We call each other Mr. based on sur- surname respect. His name's Jimmy Campbell. So here he is, man. He's all excited. He brings up a picture of a Jeep Rubicon truck, like the Wrangler. It's a Jeep Rubicon Wrangler. This is the brand new toy out there. It's very, very expensive. And I just bought a Jeep Wrangler. And I'm just kind of getting excited about the Jeep Wrangler. But all of a sudden, I'm looking at this Rubicon going, this would be really nice. And he simply goes, why don't you go get one? That makes me pucker a little bit and gets me a little bit freaked out. Because that's a friend supporting me. You say, you want this? Make it happen. And so his level of wealth consciousness and my level of wealth consciousness now are going to kind of sharpen themselves and I can arise and become a little bigger than I am now. That's what your five closest friends are, the white men. He's a different level of financial consciousness than I have. And he's constantly challenging me, not by anything he says for me to do, but just him talking about his own personal life and what he does. And so you got to start looking at who's in your life and how are they challenging you? Are you able to share your dreams with them? Are you able to share your desires with them? Are you able to share the things that really light you up, the things that make you really excited, knowing that they're going to remember and remind you of these things so that you can begin to implement them in your life? you got to start looking at what kind of support are the five people around you doing for you? And what are you doing for them? And it doesn't mean you eradicate friendships. It just means you begin to elevate these friendships so that you can begin to think at a higher level. Remember, this whole thing called Science Seminars is based off to think is to create. You've got to think about what you're thinking about and then start thinking about it differently. And this happens a lot through people that you get really close to. So that's one that I use constantly. And then visualization. We have many techniques that you learn in the basic. Actually, we have two techniques primarily that you learned in the basic about visualization. And that was one of them, screen of the mind. Screen of the mind is pretty straightforward. You see the situation the way it is right now in your mind. And there's a movie picture in your head. You see it in your mind. And then you bring up the, one, the way you want it to be. And you shift that picture. You move it from a dark lighting to a light lighting. And you focus solely on what it is that you say you really want the picture of what you're after, and you attribute it with a higher emotion. What joy would you feel? What excitement would you feel? What would happen? How would you transform emotionally once this particular situation is achieved? So if you're looking at a job that you're in right now that you hate, you put that up in the, in the, on your screen. Make it a gift. Make it you doing the same thing over and over again. It's all dark lit around it. Then all of a sudden, do a little blink in your head Make that dark light go into a bright light and then have the perfect job. What's the perfect job for you? What job lights you up? And see yourself in that job, getting paid for it. How would you feel financially? How would you feel when it comes to looking at yourself in the mirror? How would you feel when it comes to talking to people around you? How would you operate different and the emotions that you'd feel around that? And you put all that into that moment. And that little technique is hugely powerful on on navigating through the tough times. Because in the tough times, my belief is simply this. You forgot. You forgot why you're doing this. And so this little technique will bring you right back into that moment while you started it all. And revamp your mind to start seeing the better end result of the situation versus the situation that you're in right now. In visualizations, we also do other things around site seminars. If you have not heard of a vision board, in other words, you have not done PLD or you have not done some other classes that we offer, vision boards are fantastic. And vision boards are merely putting down on a piece of paper pictures of the lifestyle, of the people, of the scenarios, of the situations that you would like to have in your life right now. And you can put it on computerized vision boards. You can put it on, you can cut it out of, out of magazines and put it on Cray paper if you had to, and put it up on a wall, and you allow yourself to see it. Another technique I use a lot in my life is I give myself a time limit for something. Tell myself I only have so much time. By uh, April 14th, I will. By such and such hour, I will. I started this because I was working through anger. I had a lot of anger when I first came into the seminar work, and I was wanting to alleviate myself of that anger. And when I found myself becoming extremely angry about a situation, I would give myself X amount of hours, 
You have three hours. You can be as angry as you want. You can be as frustrated as you want. You can be, oh, you can yell at trees if you want, but you can only have three hours to do it. And it's interesting. I started learning from those experiences that when I gave myself three hours or five hours or one day to be in it, I would never take the whole time. And I've suddenly shift. Then I also learned when it came to my goals, if it wasn't for the last minute, a lot of things don't get done. When you have that priority, then it must must happen because of a time limit. You take a different action on it. Which brings up to the next point. You know what you're doing. You know the action that you're going through over and over and over again. And so the next thing is merely take a new action. Do something different than you've done before. Don't instantly think that's not going to work. You people who migrate to the controller analyst quadrants, that's one of our biggest downfalls. We will assess something in a minute and believe that particular strategy, that particular action will not work. And so we don't engage ourselves in it. And the truth of the matter, it's not that we're intelligent, it's that we're lazy. When a child wants something, they don't tire of different ways of trying to get it. They take new action over and over and over again until ultimately they get whatever it is they say they want. And then another tool that I've learned over the years is you got to put your money where your mouth is. You got to pay for what it is you want. If you invest in it, you want to make money, you got to invest in making money. You want to get healthy, uh, the gym knows how much money you'll give them a year. It will give them about 50 to $60 a year, and you'll never darken the gym door. They're very clear on this. It's a marketing strategy. They know 60% of the people that pay for that thing never come to the door. So 60 bucks a month isn't enough. But if you truly want to get in shape, hire a personal trainer. Start plopping down a couple of hundred bucks every time you go in, and you will make sure you start doing something different. Your whole body will take out a brand new system to take your life or take your body to a different level. And then one of the things that I learned in my own PLD experience is this thing called irreversible action. And what they explained it as, if you want to have a new wardrobe, you know, because at the time everybody wanted to dress differently and look differently and, and operate from a different place, because when you wear different clothes, you feel different. Same clothes all the time, you kind of operate the same way. You work out of your home, instead of wearing your sweats and whatnot, put on a suit, put on some business attire. You'll actually walk differently through the room and those phone calls will be much different. But anyways, irreversible action. You want a new wardrobe, put on your best clothes and then box up all your old clothes and either sell them, give them away, hand them off to somebody. With nothing in your house or nothing in your closet, I guarantee you'll start doing things differently and you'll start gathering a brand new wardrobe very quickly. Oh, for sure. Can you touch on uh, having a beginner's mindset? Like so, so many times uh, from for me and my uh, behavior style, I definitely like having the answers and already knowing what's going on and learning something new got to come from a whole different place of being willing to not know. Uh, I was hoping yeah. you could touch touch on that. For me, this is what I picked up for myself. Um, basically when I was at NLS. And I got to the place where I realized if it wasn't fun, it really wasn't worth my time. And I saw that as a big, a big way of which I operated. But I also operated from that analytical quadrant. And, I'm, and like you, I have to know, I have to all have all my ducks in a row. I got to have all the money in the bank. I got to be prepared. In other words, I got to wait for the perfect time. And when I started thinking about that way of operating, if I were to operate or actually live my life as if I knew everything, what I realized, I would have a very boring existence. I mean, if you knew how the first kiss was going to be, if you knew exactly what was going to happen, there's a chance you would have done it. If you knew what you were going to experience when you got married, if you knew what you were going to experience when you actually purchased that car, if you knew what was going to happen to you when you first walked up in front of a room, if it was already in your head, you would have never taken the risks or, or drew forth the courage to make it happen. That wouldn't have taken place. And so what I realized, fun happens when something that I don't expect happens. Fun happens when I'm operating in that place of not knowing. And so I began to realize a beginner's mindset 
is the mindset of not knowing. Because in not knowing, that's when you have a good time. I love to be funny and I love to listen to comedians. And what makes comedy, what makes us laugh in any given situation is that the unexpected takes place. What we least expect transpires. And so when you start realizing a beginner's mindset is to anticipate, desire what you least expect to come up, what you're not what you're not having already in your mind come up, because now it's like you'll be stretched and you'll be expanded a bit more so than you thought before. You'll reflect back and go, gosh, if I'd not made that decision to actually go to that party, I would have never met this person. I would never have the relationship I have now with them. Um, and so I, be, I began to start looking out for ways and putting myself in positions to where it was a new beginning. I wasn't in control. I wasn't in charge or I wasn't comfortable. I'm not a big party guy. I always act like that, you know, introvert. I'm always trying to figure out how to get to the food without being discovered. And so I maneuver myself through with as little interaction as possible. But the truth of the matter is a party is a party because you have interaction with other human beings. You have new conversations. You discover things about themselves, about them. You discover things about yourself. And that's truly a lot of fun is that discovery new process. And so a beginner's mindset, um, control, knowing has a value, but not knowing and not being in control also has value. Because when you don't know and you're not in control, then you must call forth something different out of you that you're not used to calling forth. It doesn't take a lot of courage to operate from I know. It doesn't take a lot of strength to operate from you already know. But you must draw forth different things within you. You must draw forth the courage, resilience, energy, power, desire. When you're stepping into the unknown, those things are not necessary when you come from I know, or when you come from I already have this idea. And so new beginnings to me or beginnings period to me means something's going to happen. And I'm not going to know how it's going to happen per se, but I know I'm going to be completely different because of it. Personally, when I started doing the basic as an instructor, that was a new beginning for me. It was, I was a Psy 7 and LS instructor for 18, 19 years. And so to step into the basic, in other words, I'm not the main man. I'm not the guy who has it all down. I don't have everything memorized. I don't know how everything is supposed to go. The basic was brand new. Um, I was uncomfortable. I realized throughout my trainings, I am fine with you, the participant, being uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, I know you being uncomfortable is going to create the value. And so you being uncomfortable is extremely important. I just didn't like it when I was uncomfortable. And so a new beginning puts you in a place where you're uncomfortable. And it's doing the basic for the last few years. I literally have become a different human being than I was before. Um, people can't always put their finger on it, but they always go, what'd you do? Did you lose weight? Mm, not really. Did you change your hair? No, not really. You just feel really different because I am really different because I took on a new beginning. So I have a different relationship with beginnings than I did before. It's something that could be fun. It's something that will be transformed. It's something that will renew me that I'm not going to get from that place of being in control, knowing how it's supposed to be done, and doing it the same way all the time, over and over and over again. Does that shed a light? Yeah, that's great. And uh, we do have quite a few questions. Before we go into questions, I do want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in your personal growth, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away. And for the results that you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The basic is an experiential class where you'll be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, 
If there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself in your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. And you know, I say across the country, but it's all over North America and in the UK and Saipan. They're all over the place. It's an amazing class. So first off, Rob, for questions from JG, how do you begin again after failing so many times? To think about yourself differently. Once we fail over and over and over again, we begin to believe that we are a failure. When you start to identify yourself as a failure, then it's hard to actually put any energy out to do something different or re-engage into anything. So now we're always afraid of failing. There was Kiyosaki who said that people who are afraid of losing are losers. They're the ones who lose. So when you're afraid of failing, now you begin to fail. So to bust it up using some of the stuff we talked about right now is that it's a myth. There's no such thing as failure. If Edison operated from failure, uh, we would be all reading in the dark. He did do it 2,000 different ways to create a filament. That's what he told himself. He went through almost 2,000 times of how to develop a filament for a light bulb before he actually figured out how to make it happen. And so what happens for us is that rather than saying, I failed, you just know one more way of not to do it. Like especially when it comes to relationships. You're just choosing the same guy or the same gal. They just have a different face. And so it forces you to look at yourself and go, okay, what is it about me? Not what is it about them, but what is it about me that I must break through? What, how do I think about myself where I draw or I attract this particular man or this particular woman? What is it about me such that I draw this particular scenario over and over again? What is it about me? that I get myself fired from a job or I get myself where I lose the job. And so rather than seeing it, I'm a failure and I failed, you look at yourself and go, what needs to shift in me? What do I need to look out about myself? What am I unwilling to break through? Failure is an easy excuse to justify our lack of progress. And so rather than seeing it from that vantage point, seeing it another opportunity, then you actually have to look at the opportunity with a new light. And that new light may be talking to some support, getting some people around you, talking about it. And then it takes the shame and the guilt off of it because we put a lot of shame and guilt around ourselves when we fail. And then from that, now you can start something new. And what you're expecting is the unexpected. And the unexpected may be suddenly, bam, you hit another roadblock. Well, now you're seeing it more as a roadblock and an opportunity versus I just failed again. And then you can do another one. And then you can do another one. Then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're pounding through this thing. And you look back and you go, I, am, I can see why each and every one of those things happened to me. You can look back through your life and go, that was the most important thing to happen back then because it made this happen, which made that happen, which made me do this. And I, I became this way. And I started to see my world differently. And I started becoming a different me. And now I am no longer the same person that I was before. You're no longer a caterpillar, now you're a butterfly. And you see everything that's brought you to that point was highly significant in getting you here. So break it up. You're not failing. You're just seeing different ways not to do what you've done before. Get the identity of failure. You're not a failure. You're a human being. You're a genius. You've got different ways of doing what you can do. You're just choosing this one because your psyche goes, you want to grow? we got to bust through this thought process to get there. Next question. Yeah, definitely. Our greatest challenges are also our greatest gifts, aren't they? Uh, next up. Yes, they are. From J.O., what is the best way to overcome fear of a potential job change? If you are anything like me, when I begin to fear something, fear is not real. It's an emotion that we're putting together. And what I began to realize is that I operate a lot from fear because I want to be safe. And so it's easy for me to put fears up around, oh, my gosh, a possible new job. Oh, my gosh, a possible new situation. Oh, my gosh, another human being that I have to get to know. 
And that way I stay back in my cocoon and I don't operate. I don't do anything different. I just do the same things that I've always done. And so fears, you're beginning, your, your, your old self is beginning to guard itself up so nothing happens. So you can stay where you are. And so once you can have to create a different relationship with fear, seeing it not as a roadblock or as an obstacle, but it's something that you've put together to make you safe. Think of it like your mom going, don't do that. Or at least stop and think about what you're doing. Stop and think about what you're doing and then do it anyway. It's like I'll remind you when you were five or six years old, if fear wasn't present, you wouldn't do it. Fear drew us as a child. It was scary. We got it. Scary movie. We watched it. We didn't sleep all night. We didn't care. I remember we used to ride our bikes off these big old hills, and they had all gullies in them and stuff like that, and we would just be freaking out, but we knew that that's where the opportunity was. That's when you got to the end of it. That's where it was important. So we'd ride off the side of these hills, and sometimes we'd crash. Sometimes we wouldn't crash, but it was exciting because that's where the excitement is, is, stepping through that fear into the event anyway. The first time you ask somebody out, you had a lot of fear around it. We always do. The first time you ask somebody to marry you, there's a lot of fear around it. You always do, but that fear is merely go recalibrate, rethink, and now give it your best shot. It's not stop. It's like, okay, take a deep breath. Give it your best shot. Fear never comes up in your life unless your body and you is trying to tell you, okay, recalibrate. Let's become bigger, stronger, faster. Let's step into our greatness. So step into our power and make something happen. Versus stop and watch from the sidelines. Somewhere along the way, you, like me, like many other people, we started to feel a little fear and we just stopped. And then we became more afraid. What I've learned about fear, when you focus on fear, then you start fearing more and more. And you start seeing more and more things to be afraid of. But when you see it as a time to recalibrate, reassess, Get yourself clean, clear, and then step in it. That's called breakthrough. And through that breakthrough, I guarantee it may not end up the way you the way you desired it. We always have it's got to be this way. No, it doesn't. It may not. It may not at all end up the way that you thought it was going to end up. But it'll be exactly the way that you want. Because part of your part of your process inside of you, that's what it desires. This challenge, this stepping into something, and so. Create a different relationship with fear. I know it's like, and I sometimes, again, my support, I get my support around me. I got to get some people because sometimes I can break some pretty big roadblocks in my head. I married a wife, which is a completely different level. She's, she's outgoing. She's promotery. She's excited all the time. She doesn't have a lot of fear. And so she sometimes she looks at me and goes, what's wrong with you? Don't you teach this stuff? Come on, break through. And that's all it takes. And I go, okay, you're right. I'm all in my head right now. I'm all worried right now. Let's break through and make something happen. And so fear is telling you, assess and break through, make something happen. You have that kind of relationship with it. The new job may step into another new job. I don't know. You may step into the realization you don't want a job. You want your own business. Or you don't even want to have a sort of kind of business. You want to be able to create something that you can sell to people and love it. And so these things may be stepping stones to an end result that you haven't achieved yet. But you can't get there if you stay back here at this first little step because it's safe. It's something you know. But I'll tell you right now, you weren't put together to be in the known. You were put together to step into the unknown. That's what makes you that what that's what fires you up as a human being. And so see it, take it on, step through it. And you will find a different person stepping out of the other uh, other side. Next question. I love that mantra. It's time for another breakthrough. So next up from JN, why can't I follow through with my goals that I set for myself? Why does the excitement fade? What I see for a lot of people, and I'm not sure, you know, I'll just say this is probably applicable for you. You may have heard Kat talk earlier about when she's drawing something. When an artist draws anything, they, they draw it generally in pieces. And the ones that actually will complete the full painting and get the whole thing done is because they have a vision of the work. They don't have a vision of the work 
they will a lot of times stop halfway through the work and be fearful that they can't keep being as awesome as they are. But when they realize this little piece of the painting is a part of a larger work, this little piece of the puzzle is actually a part of a bigger puzzle. This one paragraph in the book is actually a part of a book. This goal is a part of a vision that you have for your life. And my belief is that we do not actually do a lot of vision work. Vision work is where you sit down and, I mean, they have classes out there, seminars, we've offered the classes out there, and you create a vision. You go through some meditations and some clarities and you go through some, some silence work and you get yourself in a place where you write a five-year, 10-year, 15 years. As a matter of fact, in MLS, they're going to be dealing with vision come this week. And you write a vision of your life where you see yourself in 15 years. You see yourself in 20 years. And now you see the total picture completely done. This is what's happening to me. Then all of a sudden, this goal, you realize... This is an intricate part of this whole vision. And that now can, re re can renew your energy into that goal. And that goal, that might have been a goal to show you, that's not worthy of me goal. And that goal's goal's purpose was for me to make a bigger and better goal for my total vision. And so once again, it's about a breakthrough into something bigger and new. And the way I have found it happening in my life is years and years ago, I actually did some vision work that totally altered me because I am I was notorious for partial projects. I was notorious for getting involved here and then stepping out of it and doing partial here. I had this goal, but now I don't care. And vision work, now I can see a total picture of who I'm becoming. And now I'm drawn into that man. This goal is a step toward him. And once that goal becomes a step toward me and not the end-all, be-all, I will step it and use it to step into a bigger and better me. It revitalizes my energy in the dark times because, you know, we all have them. It's when you get a little overwhelmed, suddenly, you know, everything you thought was true or everything you thought you believed in somehow is becoming a little darker. You can't seem to really believe it anymore like you used to. Things are, you know, you're becoming lethargic. It's this kind of stuff that begins to happen to us. And I believe for me personally, to have, to have a, a vision that I could read through again, a document that I could read through again, that now it, it like plugs me back into the energy source, the dream, the beliefs. And suddenly all those beliefs are revitalized, and I truly feel like a different man. And I look back at myself, and okay, part of that doubting process was part of bringing me into who I am. There's a man named Frederick Beekner who said that doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. And so in these times where you can't seem to finish a goal, that's the ants in your pants of you realizing the whole vision of who you are, becoming the man or the woman of your dreams. And so if this is beginning to happen more and more, that means you've got to revitalize that vision. Who do you want to be? How are you going to feel? How are you going to operate? What are you going to drink? What are you going to drive? What are you going to wear? Who are your friends? What kind of influence do you have over the world? What contributions are you making back to society? What is happening in that place in your life and what does it feel like? And you get yourself, you drink that drink and it'll energize you to move through and start achieving these particular goals. Goals lose their luster because they lose their purpose in the whole. That's what I realized. It's like if you get focused on this one particular paragraph, you can lose the book. You get focused on this one little piece of puzzle, you can lose the puzzle. You get focused on one little part of the, of the drawing, you can lose the picture. And so vision work, revitalizing yourself, and these now become stepping tones toward a better you. Next question. Uh, next from TB, since you've been talking about vision, I thought this was appropriate. TB wants to know, do we create our destiny? Do we create our destiny? You're going to find a lot of people that have a lot of things to say about that. Are we predestined? Are we, uh, do we have choice? Do we have freedom to choose? And part of my reflections over 50 years of my life now being 60 years old is that I do believe we create our destiny. 
We may co-create it with something else, but we're the we're the creators. We're the ones. We're we're the ones. We're in the dance, but we're the lead. And the person we're dancing with loves us enough to give us that lead. And so my belief is that yes, you are creating and you are generating your destiny. Unfortunately, many of us don't realize that, and we think our destinies are victim to our society, the economics of the society, the political systems of the society. Um, and when we get into that sort of concept, that sort of mindset, we, we become distraught, I believe. There's no reason or, or there's no reason to do anything, actually, when it comes down to it. And so I believe, yes, you are in charge of your destiny. You are your vision of who you will be. If you believe in God, I believe God's the co-creator. I believe he's the one that gives you the energy to do it. I believe he's the one that's right there in the dance with you. And he loves you enough to give you what you love. Because you becoming what you love, you're becoming a vessel for him in a way that's never been. And for those of you, you become a vessel for her in a way that's never been. You become more you. And more you is more of him or her. If you don't believe in a God, knowing that you have a charge over your destiny, that you're choosing your life, that you are the one that's making it happen moment by moment by moment, elevates you as a human being. It elevates your mindset. It elevates your thought process. And you can no longer blame anyone or anything for anything that's happening in your life. You truly realize you're responsible. You're the source. And from that place, you can live in, your, in now, in the moment, in every, each and every moment with a confidence and an excitement and a joy and an enthusiasm to where you're living a life worth living because you're living a life by design and the design is yours. So if you're vacillating or you're trying to wonder, I would say drop it. You can't prove either one of them, but the one that's more fun you're creating you. You're creating your life. You're creating your destiny. That's the one I would hit, I would hitch my wagon to. Next question. Next from TM. Any suggestions on how to fight self-doubt? Well, I would say don't fight it. That's one of my biggest things. Doubt, I again, it's it's in my world, doubts make me readjust how I'm looking at something or readjust how I'm looking at myself. It's like doubt is almost the, it's almost the, Hey, you know, the, the, this glass is not quite filled up here. You got to fill it up or, Hey, you haven't worked on forgiveness. And so got to work on forgiveness or, Hey, it's like, it's like part of you raising your hand up and going, okay, before we can go farther, you got to work through this here, this, this feeling of not being enough. You got to work through that one before you can go on. So take some time and go, okay, I am enough, all right? Now we can move on. And so doubts are like the pointers that are pointing at your life going, haven't worked through this part of yourself yet, or you haven't worked through that part of yourself yet, or you haven't worked through that part of yourself yet. And actually, once you blow through the doubts, now you achieve what it is you were trying to achieve in the first place because the doubts were the hurdle that needed to be overcome to get to the end result. And so in my world, doubts are my friend. They're not a stopping block. It's not a stop sign. What it's saying is that, all right, what's going on here, really? What am I doubting? What's going on? Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm afraid she's not going to love me if I tell her the truth. Okay, well, what's the problem there? It's not that she's not going to love me. It's because I don't love me. If I can just fall in love with me, then I don't need to have her love of me. And then I can move forward. And then when I don't need her to love me, now she can really love me. Because the truth of the matter is, until you can say no, you're not really saying yes. And so the point of the point is this. If I'm trying to get you to love me because I don't love me, that becomes annoying and tiresome. But if you know that I love myself and care about myself, now you're loving me from wanting to, from desire, versus having to, to fulfill something that's not there, or to make up for something that's not there. I saw it as the equivalency. There's always, you know, I never, we owned one dog once when I was a kid, Poncho. But for the most part, we didn't have a lot of dogs in our family. But I knew a lot of people who had dogs. 
And there were lots of dogs out there, right? and, and powerful dogs, caring dogs, amazing dogs. But every once in a while, you'd come about a dog that was hugely mistreated when it was younger. And this dog was needy. And the weirdest part for us as kids, the really needy dog, no one wanted to spend any time with. When I got older, I started being around people. And all of a sudden, there are people that are so needy, you just don't want to be around them. Because the truth of the matter is, those, are the, those needs that they have can only be fulfilled by themselves. I don't know about dogs, but I know about people. If you don't love yourself, no one else can. You won't let them. If you don't like yourself, no one else will. You won't let them. You'll have obstacles for them to love you. We'll have obstacles for them to like you because you got to prove that you're not lovable. You got to prove that you're not likable. You got to prove that you're unworthy. But when you believe, when you believe, because belief's a belief, it's not a truth, it's a belief. When you believe you're worthy, when you can love yourself, when you can like yourself, then the people in your life, they're there because they want to, not because they have to, not because they have to fix you. Not because they have to make you feel better, but they're there because truly being around you is a lot of fun. It has a lot of power and a lot of energy. And so take them on. Take them on. Look inside. What's going on? What's the doubt? What am I? What's, what's is this word doubt? What's underneath it? What's the story? What I make up? What meaning have I attached to some event? Something happened when you were 12 years old. How long are you going to let that rule you? And so that is the pointer of a place for you to work on and overcome so you can move forward. Ants in the pants of moving forward. Next question. Well, that's really all the time we have for questions. However, we do have quite a few people on the call who have not yet attended the PSI courses. So before you go into takeaways, I was hoping you could just take a minute or two to share what it is that makes the PSI classes so effective and what makes our trainings different from everything else that's out there. Now, when I think through our courses, because I have actually been an instructor in each and every one of them, and I've watched people come through them year in and year out, and I myself, when I first took them, experienced such a transformational process. What I find different about our courses is that we don't give you a lot of knowledge that you got to memorize. We put you in environments where you have to operate differently, where you have to do something different, where you have to believe differently about yourself, where you have to call forth courage, or you have to call forth self-acceptance, self-love where you have to go through it. We put an environment out there for you and for the environment, for you to go through the environment, the aftermath is you're going to love yourself more. You're going to accept yourself more. You're going to realize that more can be done. And we do that at three levels. Our basic is an awareness training. And the first part of it, you got to be aware before, I mean, before you run a marathon, I used to be a marathon runner. I ran the San Diego Marathon like in two hours and 33 minutes, which I thought was amazing. But I was like, I don't know, 70th. Um, but before I could run a marathon, I got to start running. I remember my first 1,000-mile summer. That was one of the first roadblocks. Then you got to run more. Then you got to run more. Then you got to run more. And you got to run more and more. And so the first process is to become aware I'm not in shape to run a marathon. And so the awareness training, the tools and techniques there are to wake you up and go, wow. Oh, wow, there's a bigger world here. I remember going through it, just going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's not, it's not like these were mysteries that were revealed to me. They were like, it's like things I'd always known. I just never saw that perspective. And that shift in perspective gave me an awareness, an aha, an experience. Where I was like, whoa, wow, I could bring this home. I could do this in my job. I could do this here. I could do this there. And so it was a huge awareness training. And then the life success course, I thought it can't get any better than the basic. No, the life success course, they amp it up. The basic, we had exercises in a room. Life success course, you come to a ranch. And you have some muscle memories that are going on inside your body. And so through outdoor activities, not, you're not just being lectured to for seven days. Through outdoor activities and being engaged, 
you are literally transforming into a different person. Your mind is transforming around your limitations, around your limiting belief systems, around attachments that have kept you back. And you literally are going through events that at first when you may have seen them on a video somewhere telling yourself, I will never do that. Once you get to it, you find yourself overcoming it and breaking through it. And you discover this brand new person that's always been there. And now you can actually appreciate and accept them. And you start bringing that in your life. And I was going, wow, transformational. It's amazing. And then you step into our leadership classes. And it just gets better. Because everybody thinks, when I came, I thought, I'm a leader. Everybody's like, oh, no, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I'm a leader. And what you learn is before you can lead anybody else, before you lead the nation, before you lead a team, before you lead your government, before you lead your cities, before you even lead your family, you got to start looking at how are you leading yourself? Are you choosing to do what you want to do because it's in the best interest of you and the world around you? Or are you doing what you have to do because you're afraid of getting fired? You're afraid of her not loving you. You're afraid of him leaving you. You're afraid of the children not growing up properly. You're afraid of this scenario taking place. We all always fears. Are you choosing to move here? Are you choosing to buy this? Are you choosing to be this person because you desire to, because it's a part of a greater whole? Or do you find yourself just reacting to what's happening in your life? Well, this is where I live now. And, you know, this is, you get, I can only rent. And uh, you don't understand, Rob. It's, it's been a tough life for me. And, and I, you know, those, that's for other people. They get to have that. And it's okay. You know, it's, you know it, I'll make it better later on. Someday we'll take the vacation. When the kids go away, someday we'll have what we want. And what I've learned is the kids don't go away. If you don't take the vacation now, you're not. If you don't start getting what you want now, you're not. And what you're teaching your children to do is sacrifice themselves for their families. And I think that's a tragedy. I don't think we're supposed to sacrifice ourselves for our families. I think we're supposed to enrich ourselves, elevate ourselves, to give our families something to live up to. So we become different family members. So we start creating a, a, a country as a healthy, powerful families from which it's working from. So the leadership class is, wow, how am I leading myself? And how, how am I limiting myself in what I do? Like a lot of times you realize we, we put you in environments where you don't know how to do certain things. You, you don't know what's going to happen, and you're going to go through it anyway. And going through it and seeing yourself operating from we have points of leadership that we're working with and certain principles by which we stake our lives upon that we're working from and then surrendering to what's happening around us through using some tools, a scenario, you step out on the other side of it. And now you not only see you can trans, you were transformed in size seven. Now you see how you can transform yourself without the aid of a class. You can transform your life without the need of going to a seminar. And now when you come back to anything that we offer. You're doing it because you want to kind of regroup and be around some people and talk about the great things that you've done. Because now you are transforming yourself through each and every event that takes place in your life. You're not victim to what's happening around you. You're leading yourself as a man or a woman and creating a life, again, worth living, a life by design, not a life by haphazard accidents. And so that's what I found to be rather different in our trainings is because we bring through a process that is that you seem to get it just at the right time. It gives you enough of energy to move on as long as you take this as a lifelong choice. MLS isn't a class. It's a life decision. LS isn't classes. They're life decisions. And we have guys that come back and staff this class. We got, we got 12 guys up here. We generally have even more than that. They don't, we don't pay them to be here. They're volunteers. And they come up here to spend 10 days of their life on this ranch. Because they know they're going to sharp, sharpen the iron up again. Iron sharpens iron. And from their experience here, they're going to use what they've been taught thus far, and they're going to take it into their lives. My biggest thing when I listen to, to, to people, when they talk to me or when, I, when I'm having conversations with they forget they forget their training. You forgot what you went through. You forgot what got you here. And so we not only give you the classes that will get you there, we give you opportunities to go back and staff classes to resharpen yourself and get yourself ready to move differently and basically remember who you are. And so that's where I find the vitality of our class. It's pretty powerful. Wow, absolutely. That makes me want to go attend all the classes all over again. <laughs> I want to staff again. <laughs> And it all starts with the PSI Basic Seminar, of course. And as we mentioned, you can go to PSI 
basicseminar.com to find a class near you. So Rob, what are the big takeaways from the training tonight? What do you want to leave everyone with? I would say manage your thoughts. Start looking at different perspectives. Don't see pitfalls as roadblocks to stop. See them as opportunities to move through. See the things that are happening in your life. They're not happening to you. You're making them happen. You're the one who's you're the one who's creating them moment by moment. And once you own that, then you can then you can make it different in your life. You can transform it. It doesn't have to be the way it's being. And so start taking responsibility for how you're thinking. Start taking responsibility for the support you have in your life. Start taking responsibility. Start managing your thoughts. One of the things that I have really grasped onto in the last years is this. I have started meditating because meditation basically is the union. It's, you, it's just union. It's bringing a cohesiveness to who you are as a human being so that you can instantly draw on what you've learned and, and app, apply it to whatever it is you're doing in your world. And so it's given me a huge boost in my life is going through a meditative practice. And I mean, you can meditate anytime. I meditate in the morning, sometimes, sometimes meditate morning and night, sometimes all three when I'm off. Uh, meditation can happen anytime. I used to start off with 20 minutes. Now I'm doing an hour, hour and a half. When I go to meditation things, we go two, three, four, five hours. It has been a way for me just to sit down and start making all the disparities and all the issues. And all of a sudden I start uniting them and I start seeing why it's a cohesive whole moving toward an end result that I want to make happen. And then I operate again from a man who's creating versus a man who hopes it works out best in the end. So in your new beginnings, there'll be more. It's not the last ones. And so take them on and let yourself see, have some fun with them versus letting them own you. You own them. Have them in your life. So it brings meaning, it brings depth, it brings enrichment to each and every day of your existence. That's about all. Absolutely. You know, every day is a new beginning, isn't it? A new, a new beginning to do something different. That's true. Thank you so much, Rob, for uh, doing this podcast on this topic and for sharing your wisdom and teaching with us. It was a lot of fun. I'll tell the MLS guys you all said hi. We'll, we'll be thinking of them up there at the ranch. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the training and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, April 14th with PSI facilitator Tim O'Kelly talking about the power of thought and the think is to create concept. You can register now at psilive.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psilive.com. If you're getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the training tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night. Have a good night, everybody.